Disclaimer, we do not agree with or support J.K. Rowling's bigotry and prejudice in any way, shape, or form, and we also do not tolerate Draco stands or Death Eater sympathizers. However, you are all warmly welcome to tune in to our podcast. We'd also like to forewarn everyone that we will be mentioning later books and events in every episode. So here's your official spoiler on with the show! Bye! Associate Colin Bones. We welcome you to our podcast, Rod and Hermione Minus the Romance. Let's get to the part you all are actually here to listen to. <laughs> Today we'll be <laughs> discussing and analyzing chapters four and five from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And so without further ado, let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you want to start with chapter four? Because um, I started last time. Yeah, let's go. Um, my first note is just, um, Uncle Vernon was straight up prepared to kill a man. Like, he came out there with a gun. <laughs> and could you imagine how much different this would have been if this book started with Uncle Vernon just, like, committing manslaughter? Yeah, I just, I think something in Hagrid's, like, straight up giant blood, that's a major spoiler. Hope we still have our <laughs> spoiler alert yeah. at the beginning. Um but yeah, it's in the same thing with like how Hagrid was outraged when Vernon and them had told Harry that his parents had died in a car crash because normal things like that don't kill wizards. Right. So, you know, especially Hagrid, who was literally half giant, like he would not have died if Vernon would have shot him. It just would have been a really interesting introduction for Harry into the wizarding world. <laughs> but yes, Vernon was fully prepared to do anything to keep Harry from being a wizard. Yeah, and also... Hagrid straight up breaks the door down when he could totally just open the door. Like, he was strong enough to just, like, move that little thing from the door. He didn't need to do all that. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like maybe because they knew that Harry was being moved around all over London, like, to keep him from getting this letter. I don't know what he was expecting to find. It wasn't Uncle Vernon with, like, a gun thinking that he could fight him off. Like... I think that was mostly just to scare him, because that's basically what he was doing the whole time. He was trying to scare Vernon so that he could take Harry. Right. Oh my god, I Which, I mean, it worked. But it worked, you know? He definitely scared Vernon by bending his gun, like, in half. Yeah. Um, so I have, like, an actual note now. <laughs> okay. I love Hagrid, and, you know, he's awesome, Me he's too. great, but he's definitely fatphobic or something, because we can assume the only information Hagrid knows about the Dursleys is from what McGonagall said 11 years ago of how they're terrible people, and Hagrid has no reason to suspect Dudley is like them in any way. It's natural for kids to, like, act like their parents and be awful yeah. if their parents are awful, but you just don't do that to children. You can't just expect the worst from children. Hagrid straight no, up comes yeah. into the room, and one of the first things he says is called Dudley a great lump, then goes on to literally really call Dudley fat and then give him a pigtail. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I mean, I feel like it's, it was sort of fair for him to expect that Dudley would be awful like his parents. However, he was literally 11 years old. So, you know, that doesn't really give him a reason to it like... It really doesn't. It's like no, abuse. No, it doesn't. 
Yeah, no, he was, of course, like, we know that he was correct in assuming that Dudley was right. just as bad as his parents, but he was still, like, a kid, you know? Like, that doesn't give him, like, any sort of right to walk in there, you know, call him fat and give him a pig's tail, even if it's, I don't know, I always thought the pig's tail was a nice touch, but he shouldn't have done it. <laughs> I always thought it was he funny. He calls him a pig. He straight up yeah. says, oh, I'm going to turn him into a pig, but he was too much of a pig. Like, what? Yeah. He's throwing too much shade already. Yeah, he wasn't necessarily wrong, but it still wasn't right. You know, (laughs) like the action itself wasn't right. But he, you know, thinking that he wasn't wrong either. So, (laughs) yeah, I wrote like I didn't write much about Hagrid. I just said that you know they we meet Hagrid on Harry's birthday, and while he doesn't officially come of age until he's seventeen. The revelation of his, like, new identity on his birthday kind of suggests that it's, like, he's maturing in order to live up to this new person he has to become, or he already was, he just didn't know he was. It is, you know, on a smaller scale, kind of a coming of age for him, you know? The fact that she made it, you know, JKR, I mean, you know, made it so that he found out on his 11th birthday suggests, like, you know... He has to mature to come of age to fully embrace this new aspect of himself that he didn't even know existed. I talked about it a little in our last episode, but, you know, the stark contrast between wizards and muggles, now we know they're wizards, it's set up a little differently. You know, last time it was using day and night to highlight, you know, the differences in their lives and how they are. And this one, it's kind of... They use, or she used, um, like, authority figures to highlight this difference. You know, it's Vernon's terrified stubbornness and Hagrid's confidence and power over him. Hagrid easily overpowers Vernon, but Vernon's, like, clinging to his dominance, which is kind of interesting, because he could care less... He couldn't care less about Harry, like, at all. He, you know, he feels nothing for Harry. But his fear of wizards and, like, completely irrational view of, like what wizards are is taking over and since i you know in later books we see that vernon knows absolutely like next to nothing about the wizarding world he doesn't know about voldemort and isn't really afraid of harry becoming a wizard for that reason you know because he had no idea who voldemort was petunia did so i feel like he's acting on the lies that petunia told him you know she probably blew this story about wizards fully out of proportion And, you know, he's not afraid of Harry being a wizard because he's like, oh, no, you know, he might get hurt. Like, Voldemort, you know, may put our family in danger again. He's like, no, wizard scary, wizard bad, you know? Like, that's that's the only reason he's clinging to the last shred of, like, authority he has, which clearly doesn't work because Hagrid is, like, seven feet tall. But, But, you know, he's still afraid of Harry jeopardizing their perfect family image and, like, everyone seeing them as, like, freaks. And this behavior, I think, directly caused Harry's fear of not having a family. You know? Like, Harry's biggest fear was, like, kind of like Ron's, you know, being left out, but a little deeper because he was just afraid that he would never have a family. Which is absolutely Vernon and Petunia's fault. Like, 100%. You know? Petunia feeding Vernon all these lies. Like, how is he supposed to know better? That doesn't make him a good person. But how is he supposed to know that she was completely lying and, like, feeding him all these, like, grossly, like, out-of-proportion lies? He wasn't... He would never go and investigate on his own. You know? And so, because of this, like, they leave Harry out. They abuse him for a 
more than 11 years. But still, like, you know, they absolutely caused his fear of not having a family. Because even though he grew up with one, he didn't have one. Like... Right. It's... (laughs) I literally lost what I was about to say. So just... (laughs) Continue. Yeah, I was... (laughs) I have one note that I have after that was like... um, Redemption or not, it would take a lot for me to forgive the Dursleys. It would probably take less for me to forgive them than forgive Malfoy, but still. Like, can you even imagine the type of, like, pain they... I mean, we know because these books are... You know, we follow Harry through these books, but I don't think they went into detail enough about trauma that Harry must have suffered from into his... well into his adult life. Oh, it's definitely played as a joke in these early books, and it's even, like... In the later books, it's still not taken seriously. If I'm remembering correctly, they literally say in Order of the Phoenix, oh, I'll just throw you in the shed tonight. And it's just like, oh, haha, they're crazy, aren't they? And it's what happens when there's this bridge from children's series to young adult that these jokes aren't jokes anymore. It's just a weird combination that it becomes. I think it's funny. We definitely took two different sides of this chapter because I totally... I like hate the Dursleys and love Hagrid but I was kind of I kind of understood where they were coming from in this chapter because Hagrid breaks and enters there's no way around it he literally broke and enters listen I don't know how to speak (laughs) I should not in you know in this audio format I don't know how to speak um but he breaks and enters (laughs) into their little area it's not their house but it's the house they're renting or whatever and the only protection they have was crumpled into a ball and thrown across the room and that's not even his magic that's just him being a half giant what i would be terrified i think it's wrong of Hagrid to inflict fear on these people yeah i agree because he knows he's in a position of power over them yeah absolutely however i do fully believe that because like Vernon is so ignorant about wizards he would absolutely believe anything which is why Petunia had so much power over him she could have told him absolutely anything and he would have been completely terrified of Hagrid no matter what I'm not necessarily defending Hagrid you know not cool he was probably you know thinking like it would be kind of bad if they shot me right now (laughs) like you know but (laughs) but you know but still like he could have walked in he could have knocked on the door And if he would have shown up in any sort of outfit that Vernon deemed weird, he still would have tried to shoot him. Like, you know, Vernon was so afraid of wizards no matter what. And I kind of talked about this last time, but, you know, Vernon's, like, idea of what wizards were like was so completely wrong. Like, he would believe absolutely anything that Petunia told him. And she had so much power over him, and it was absolutely her fault that they treated Harry this way because she instilled so much fear in him that it didn't even matter if Harry was, like, the most normal dude on the planet. You know, Vernon still would have been completely afraid of him and anyone like him. So, you know, Hagrid didn't really have to do much to terrify them. He did a little bit more than he needed to, but, you know. I just think it's wild that, like, Hagrid hasn't even actually said a word <laughs> to these people before. This is the first time they've ever even seen each other. Yeah. Like, it's so bizarre. And, like, 
I, there must, Dumbledore must have told him something, because really, I don't think he's gonna be, like, basing everything about them off of McGonagall being like, oh, they're horrible, and I don't even think he was there for that. I don't think Hagrid had arrived yet. No, he... So he must have known something. Yeah, Dumbledore must have said something, because I'm sure Dumbledore was very involved in the process of getting Harry his letter, because, I mean, you know, it would have... See, I always imagine McGonagall being the head of it because I can see her just like, like it's like putting the letters and the eggs too extra, and then she's like, "I'm just gonna go for it anyway," you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I yeah, but I you know obviously either Dumbledore or McGonagall or both had to be very very involved in that process because like it would they would never let James and Lily's son not go to Hogwarts. They were going to get there no matter what. And Vernon had been evading them for so long. I'm sure that at the end, they were like, dude, do whatever you need to do. You know, kid has got to go to Hogwarts. Just go and, you know, whatever. Hagrid took it they far. They let him do magic when he was expelled from school. Yeah, so I do not they, think they enforced that at all. I don't think they enforced that at all because Hagrid literally had his wand still. So they broke his wand and gave it to him. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have a note they on this They broke later, his wand and gave it back. Like, could you imagine if, like, if you can put it together that easily, there's, like, horrible people out there who can just, like, have a wand. And why are we doing this when people are expelled from school and not when they are sent to <laughs> No, but remember, because when Harry's wand broke, it could, it could do, like, you know, spells that weren't fully, like, developed, you know? Like, the magic was just not... It was... It just didn't work at all. So, See, and this is where Hagrid's wand. Fantastic Beast just messed up because you would literally become an obscurity, obscurial, uh, whatever. I don't necessarily think so because that's repressing. You can't magic. control your powers if you're not educated. If you don't know yeah, how to use them, I think them. that's a bit different because they were repressing it. Like Credence was being like fully abused and was like repressing it at all costs. And why didn't Harry become that? That mm, I feel like. Well, maybe it's because he didn't know magic existed or something. Yeah, I feel like. Not to say that any abuse is worse or better than the other, but, you know, there was kind of a difference. Because while Vernon and Petunia were completely horrible to him, they never really, like, beat him as badly as, like, as, you know, whoever it was I that mean, was taking care of they Petunia. literally... Her Petunia swings a frying pan at him <laughs> at some point. Oh my god, I forgot about that. No, but I'm saying, like, there was a different level of like complete hatred for magic because yeah vernon and petunia thought it was weird and they didn't like it but you know credence's caretaker was like terrifying like she was i would say i'm like treading lightly here because you know no abuse is like it's not a competition you know no abuse is better than the other just because you didn't get beaten and they did I think, though, you know, Vernon and Petunia, even if they didn't love Harry, you know, had to have enough, like, I guess, sort of feeling for him to, like, not turn him into an obscurial. And, like, he wasn't necessarily repressing his magic because it did come out sometimes. And, like, he would get punished, mm -hmm. but it wasn't to the point of, like, I don't think it was as extreme as, like, what it happened to Credence and Fantastic It's because Beast. they took the approach of trying to ignore yeah. it rather than trying uh -huh. to repress it. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily, like, beating it out of him. It was just kind of like, if we don't talk about it, it's not there. Because they didn't necessarily... Mm -hmm. It's not like they explained it to him, you know? Like, he accidentally, like, grew his hair back in one night. They just locked him in the cupboard. The breaking of wands isn't necessarily repressing it. It's like, you know, it would still, like, come out of you. They weren't lying to you and telling you it didn't exist. They were just like, you can't, like, 
actively use it. You know, like with a wand, that's very deliberate. And it's like, I'm doing this spell on purpose. Like without a wand, sure, Hagrid was still able to do like some sort of broken magic, but because the wand was broken, it was never going to be like actual, like developed spells or anything. So I don't think that would be enough to turn someone into an Obscurial because you're not necessarily repressing your magic. You're just like not allowed to use your wand. Okay. You know? So let's let's move on. (laughs) Okay. So I'm sure this is common information at this point, but I still love that the first like time they ever say wizard in this book is when Hagrid says you're well Harry you're a wizard which is definitely throws me off every time and I just like to pretend that's not how it goes (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think um the author was very careful to let us know that Harry was special but not tell us why until he found out because we were finding out with Yes, Harry. it would have been really easy I feel like for that them was to just, like, say it at the beginning when, like, describing say, Dumbledore. Yeah, but it's a nice a touch to just know. hold it out a little longer. Yeah, it's because, you know, through this entire series, we follow Harry. And rarely ever do we know something that he doesn't know. Like, it's I don't, only, like, I mean, there like has the to be, like, some... chapters or something. Because yeah, there's, like, there has random... To be like a couple things. ...other perspectives, yeah, which are very good. Things... I can't wait till we get to those. Yeah. But... <laughs> We, yeah, we do every once in a while know something he doesn't know. But other than that, like, big pieces of information, we're following him in this story 100%. And so I think that it was important for us not to find out that he was a wizard until he did so that we could feel that shock factor with him. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't think J.K. Rowling really thought of her rule of no magic over the suburbs, but... There's the plot hole there of when Petunia's talking about how Lily came home with pockets of frog's bone and was turning teacups into rats. And I can't really think of a way around it. Maybe the rule changed. I don't... <sighs> it's possible that the rule changed. Like, you know, it's possible. Like, I'm sure that at one point Hogwarts was like, yeah, whatever, do magic, have fun, and something bad happened. And they were like, okay, that is the end of that. You know? <laughs> okay, but I'm like, sure they've said maybe at some point, like, how long this much. rule has been in place. Maybe. I don't really think so. It's just like, I think they were just like, this is a rule. So, I don't okay, care then my like, new head how long it's been there. James Potter definitely did something. Or the Marauders. They were the reason Probably. that it was it put was... in place. That's, Somebody you know, write really, a fan really fiction likely. about that. I need to know what they did. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. This this is kind of sad, but this is probably the first time Petunia's ever talked about her sister in 11 years. And I can't imagine how she feels because well she seems quite unsensitized by their deaths because she's like oh and then they got all blown up or whatever but i think it's because (sighs) she never really got the chance to mourn you know she kind of does get the opportunity and we're kind of seeing like not even the end of it but we kind of see like the middle of it in deathly hollows it kind of starts in order Mm -hmm. of the phoenix because that's when she gets a connection to magic because the mentors attacked her son and she knows that something's yeah. wrong. So. For sure. I just, I think it's so interesting that like, cause you know, Petunia knows more than probably most any muggle out there. And yet, you know, <laughs> she still was the reason that Harry was abused as he was, you know, like I think about, you know, myself in that situation. Like, you know, if my sister 
was I first of all I wouldn't shun my sister for being a witch because I wasn't allowed to go to magic school if I was literally a muggle you know but I just can't imagine like having I mean I'm an only child but like I can't, you know I can't imagine having a sibling murdered taking in her child and like treating it as if I you know felt nothing for them at all you know like abusing it and like you know not telling them about their parents. I feel like that's probably one it's, of the cruelest the things they ever did. It's the of just taking out your childhood trauma on other children, and it's not okay. And- yeah, I just, I think probably one of the, like, the cruelest thing they did to Harry was giving him nothing about his parents. Like, the two people that cared about him, like, most in his entire life who had died, like, he got, he knew nothing about them. He had to learn it from other people, like... Other people knew more about him and his parents than he did, which I think is, you're, you know, you're growing up with, with your mother's sister. Like, why couldn't she give you something, you know? Like, anecdotes about her from her childhood. Like, I think that was probably, probably the worst thing that they kept from Harry was any sort of information about his parents. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Hagrid talks about the best witches and wizards of the age who died. <laughs> So it was yes. like the Mickens, the Bones, and the Pruitts. And we know Marlene McKinnon. Mickin? Is it right? McKinnon. McKinnon? That doesn't sound right. McKinnon. I think it is. I thought it was Mickin. McKinnon. Well, we know Marlene, McKinnon. who, uh, of that last name, was friend of Lily's. Of that last name. <laughs> and, we, and we hear yes. about them dying later in Lily's letter to Sirius because she says, uh-huh. I cried about their deaths, whatever. <laughs> and when they're in school, we know about Susan Bones existing because her name's there. Yeah. Um, it, which is funny because in Puffs, this is a spoiler for Puffs. It's like a random thing. Oh, but they make a joke that Susan, all of Susan Bones' family is just dead, and they, she's just constantly waiting I mean, to be murdered. And <laughs> yeah, they're not wrong. Honestly, I've never, I've never seen Puffs, but um, yeah, it's. I honestly, that was, that always made me really sad getting to that part, you know, because like Susan Bones, like her entire family full of really gifted witches and wizards and every single one of them was just taken out. But all we know is that she's a Hufflepuff (laughs) representation. Um, (laughs) And then the Pruitts, which was Molly's maiden name. And, um, yes, I didn't realize that until like really recently. And I was like, oh God, like I knew that, but I just didn't like connect it. And I think this adds some backstory to Molly's character in future books because it is so in character for her boggart to be her children dead because she has lost yes. so much family already. Greta, we don't yeah. exactly know who she lost. I'm sure it's on Pottermore somewhere. I'm pretty sure it was like her brothers Probably. or something, but I don't I think quote it was me on that. Fabian, right? Possibly. Wasn't it Fabian Pruitt? But it because sets up, George's middle it name. definitely sets up Molly's character to be this protective yeah, person. Yeah, oh my gosh, I wish we could just completely go into detail with Molly right now, because I have so many notes on her. <laughs> but the one thing that I will say is that, I mean, we really, I should wait until we get to this part, but I, like, I can't. So, um, you know, her boggart, when, in the fifth book, you know, it keeps turning into different family members dead, one after the other, Harry, you know, all of them. But the twins appear yeah. dead together. And it's like, I always, that just absolutely broke my heart. Like, you know, chi- you know, every child of her, you know, even if people think that she favored her daughter, I don't, I don't really think so. You know, she, she just, wasn't perfect. She favored she wasn't everyone but Ron. <laughs> That's really think, what it I was. I think she loved Ron and realized, you know, how much, you know, damage I guess she'd done when he left school to go and hunt Horcruxes and he was just gone for a while. Like, I think that's probably when she realized, like, oh my god, you know, 
like this is like my son, you know, but anyways, about the twins appearing together, like I just, you know, even if it would have been like Bill or Percy, you know, it would have been just as sad for her. But I just like the fact that, you know, Fred was a twin. Like I just, you know, I have known a couple sets of twins in my life and it's just the, it's a very different sort of bond between siblings to be a twin. Like I just cannot imagine like that broke my heart every time, you know, I just, I really want to see now. I want a fan fiction. That's from Molly's perspective when she sees Fred. Yeah. I think that's, awful. I think that would be very interesting. Cause you definitely have like flashbacks to her brothers yeah. and everything. I just think it's it so sad be- because you know, she never imagined them doing anything like, Apart. apart and i just I, obviously she couldn't imagine them yeah. apart in death not yeah That's not even then is. and i just think it's so sad because obviously she would have preferred you know it only be one of them than both of them but i still think it's so sad because even her bogger like her very worst fear they were still together like as a team which is just like mm-hmm. oh my god i like I, I i was reading that book recently actually the fifth one and it was just i, I saw that and i was like this is just the saddest thing i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> That's all my notes for chapter one. I mean, not chapter ch- four. <laughs> chapter four. Yeah, okay. Chapter five. Um, so, this is like a bit later in chapter five, but um, we meet the Gringotts Goblins, and this isn't something I fully worked out on my own. I've just been reading a lot about it. Um, I have seen a lot about the Gringotts Goblins being anti-Semitic stereotypes mm. because, you know, they're greedy. Know about this they're too. obsessed with money. It's stemming from the stereotype that Jewish people are stingy and frugal with money. And I I could be completely wrong, but I did see somewhere online that, like, in the movie, The Star of David or something very similar yeah. was on the floor no, of Gringotts. you're right. It's on in the, the movie. Floor. Yeah, I just, I think this is so disappointing because, you know... This is just another really disappointing example of J.K. Rowling's bigotry just showing its ugly face, you know, this early in the books. You know, it's just such a shame, you know, rereading, you know, my favorite series ever and just finding all of these things. Like, they're like, you know, Easter eggs that you just never noticed before. And, and like, the worst part, this isn't even, like, the worst it gets in the books. Like, this is a very mild version of what the goblins become. Because, you know, we get a lot more information in Deathly Hollows, which just extends the negative Oh, my God, Jewish yeah. Theory, Especially, right? like, the the fighting over, you know, goblin-made items. It's just another example. Right, and everything is rented yes, or whatever. It's another example of, like, you know, the goblins being very stingy, which is, you know, a stereotype. Um... Which is just so disappointing. It's like, why why is it so difficult to write a book without all kinds of awful stereotypes and things like that? Like, it cannot be that difficult to write just a nice book for children. Like, Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna... Let's move on to something happier. Um, <laughs> we can move on to Malfoy. No, actually, That's really is, exciting. No. No. <laughs> I'm, I have... It's the boat part. I, oh, okay, yeah. Well, it's not about the boat part, but... um. It's not even happy. This just gets me angry. (laughs) (laughs) Gringotts better have multiple banks. Because I refuse to believe the entire world has to share a singular bank. Yeah, in London. You're telling me people have to fly out from Africa to, like, put some money into a bank. Obviously, like an apparator or whatever. Yeah. I, I can't wait till we get to the apparating stuff because I'm still so confused. Like, does longer distances... 
more dangerous or whatever. Um, maybe because I, guess we'll... I would say so because you have to, you know, the, what is it? The three T's or D's or I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't. It's, it's D's, yeah. Determination, deliberation, and whatever. You know, it's, I, I would say that for longer. Destination, yeah, I would say that for longer <laughs> distances, even if it's only a split second that you're actually operating, it would be more difficult to stay focused on the place and on not like splinching yourself. So I would say that longer distances would be more dangerous, but not by much because it's only like a split second that you're actually like in limbo. Yeah, it's destination. Yep. Destination, it's determination, destination. deliberation, I think. Yes. Yep. Okay. It's <laughs> the note about the wand. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a note about the wands. Um, so I am convinced she wrote this thing about the dragon in Gringotts knowing she'd use it at some point. And then she realized that she was writing the last book and she's like, I still haven't done anything <laughs> with this and I have to write it yeah. in. Yeah, I mean, I think that's... You know, I feel like that was the sole purpose they went yeah. to Gringotts in that I book. I think that's... No, because they had to set up Quirrell, you know? Their, his story had to come from the very, very, very beginning. You know, like they had to hint about the stone... There had to be a break-in. And then, then, you know, we'd be like, wow, who's trying to get whatever was in that vault? And then we find out what was in that vault. And then, you know, his story had to be set up from the very, very beginning. So that, I think, was mostly the point of the Gringotts trip in the first book. No, I meant them going to Gringotts and Death Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I think that she could have put it somewhere else if she really wanted to. But I think it was for the dragon. I think that was also kind of like, you know, Voldemort really... You know how the cave, you know, only one wizard was supposed to be in the boat, but, you know, Dumbledore said that Harry didn't count because he wasn't of age. And that's just an example of how Voldemort seriously underestimates Harry at all times. Not that's just his Harry. biggest flaw. Yeah, but children he in general. Underestimates people under him. Yeah, exactly. That's you what know, it is. He thinks her under Especially, him. you know, Harry, because he was always almost always underage when he was fighting Voldemort. And even though Voldemort had literally set him as his equal when he was an infant, he underestimated him until the very last moment. And he would have thought that a high security vault in Gringotts would have kept him out because it had a dragon in front like, of it, you know? But that that was his... If Voldemort had, like, an army of house elves, <laughs> I think he would have won. Like, honestly, they're way powerful I mean... than everybody thinks they are. And... You know, it's even a flaw of the good people, because Voldemort was the one who got the giants, not them. And it was because it, they waited until that point to actually be kind to them. It was, it's, yeah. Yeah, but... We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, we will. But I think the Gringotts trip in the seventh book was very deliberate, because it was, you know, is Voldemort underestimating Harry again? Because, you know, he was younger than him, and he, like, you know, was a kid or whatever, you know? Because he was like, oh... Gringotts, impossible to break in, you know, and he thought that it would be, he thought it would be safe there, but it wasn't, because it was literally just a bank, you know, <laughs> like. Okay, I just wanted to mention that on the list, pointed hats, winter cloaks, and name tags are never mentioned Never again. again. Name tags? I think that's just a first year thing. It's like on the first day of no, school. it's not. It's really? not just said as a third first year thing. It just says that everyone oh, should be wearing right. name tags. Yeah, I think that's like, you know, like the first day of school thing where you're supposed to have like the hello, my name is name tag <laughs> and you don't wear it. It peels off by second period and you just don't. And then your teacher has to be like, okay, what's your name? <laughs> okay, but like, I want the pointy hats. Yeah, I we did kind of see them that in the That would have been cool. <laughs> we saw them like a tiny right, bit. It's only in the first... Two, yeah, I think 
Because they throw them up into the yeah, air. Yeah, <laughs> like at graduation. But they're like weird pointy hats. I don't know what they were thinking. But they're, they're just like, three like they feet don't tall. have a brim. Yeah. <laughs> and winter cloaks. They do have that those. That would have been cool. That was absolutely mentioned. Yeah, for sure. The cloaks like that I fastened know. right here. They didn't have arms, I don't think. They just like fastened here at the neck. Like Maybe in the... I'm saying... I'm, they might have been in the movies, but I don't think they're ever directly mentioned. Yes, they in the are. Books. Yes, no, they are. No, I am not. I guess we're going to find no, out. No, because huh? in the third book, I when Harry... No, out. wait. Harry sneaks into Hogsmeade on a complete whim because he's not, like, dressed for the winter at all. And Fred and George are like, here, take them out. He's like, okay, cool. And he, he runs there and he mentions that he's freezing because he doesn't have a cloak on. And that Ron and Hermione do. And that's why they go in the three broomsticks. And then I think that's when they hear the whole, like, serious Black Harry Potter's godfather. And, you know, Yeah. They absolutely mention cloaks in the winter. I'll take your word. (laughs) Okay, how do they let Ron bring a rat to school when it's not on the list? And why is this rule implemented at all? Do dogs just not fit the aesthetic? I don't think so, because dogs are are way more high maintenance than cats and toads. You know, like cats, it's like... Why is this like rabbits? Rabbits would have been on brand. <laughs> on like, you know, brand. You know, out of hats and stuff. <laughs> um, but like, honestly, I'm yeah. so confused. What is more magical about these animals? I don't think it's necessarily so- that. I feel like, honestly, I feel like that's kind of setting us up for the abnormality of Scabbers itself. Like a regular garden rat living for 12 years. Like this is, you know, and first of all, who's going to say Ron send your rat back home like no one cares you know it's it's a rule but at the same time maybe he's just constantly hiding probably except but the thing is yeah i think this kind of sets us up for how weird the whole like rat thing is in general like before we even know he's peter pettigrew like it's he's a weird rat you know missing a finger just shows up randomly you know 12 years ago and lives for that long no magical powers whatsoever because they do have magic rats you know but, like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever said. But, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> it's weird. They just, like, they don't even go into detail yeah, very much. I, They're just, like, they are magic. Yeah, I think. Like, we know <laughs> that because of Pottermore that, like, Crookshanks is a measle or whatever. Yeah. But they're just, like, Crookshanks is magical. I, yeah, I think. And that's it. Yeah, I think the rule, like, a cat, a toad, or an owl is setting us up for, like, or showing us. That Scabbers is out of place. I don't think any of us looked into it much in the first book, but it's kind of just telling us, like, hey, this rat is not supposed to be here. Not just at Hogwarts, but, like, in general. Like, he's just not supposed to be here. And then, you know, if any of us would have looked into it, we'd have been like, wow, I wonder what's going on with the rat. And then we would have found out. Peter Pettigrew. (laughs) Okay, what is a hag? Like, I know, yeah. like, what is, I, what is the world? difference? I'm constantly confused by yeah. that in this book. What is the difference between because a warlock and a wizard? they seem like it's a different species. Kind of. I don't know. Yeah, what's... Do they ever say warlock in Harry yes, Potter? Yes, they do. It's like the warlock Chief, like, warlock of the right? Wizen Gamut. I think that's what it is. Okay. Like, what is the difference between, is it like, is it, is warlock, like, saying, like, you know, I don't know, like, sir or something, like, you know, whatever, like, gentleman, I don't know, it's, like, some, like, really weird, like, you know, important that term. honestly might be the best Probably, term. you know, like, you know what I'm talking about, like, one of those weird titles that you get if you're, like, super important, like, warlock, but they would, like, see, <laughs> <laughs> they would see someone in the three broomsticks and, like, call them, like, a warlock, I'm like, what makes him a warlock, you know, I just, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, <laughs> that's weird. 
Um, Wait, I feel like also, I just... I'm so I'm sorry. Disappointed by the lack of vampires in this book. <laughs> I, I always thought that one scene in the sixth book when he was at that party was the funniest yes, thing ever. I, <laughs> I always I always <laughs> laugh out loud when I read that part because he like edges closer to the group of like teenage girls and he goes, Sanguini, no. <laughs> like he's a dog or something. <laughs> I just I laugh every time I read that. It's so funny. But I just want to know like how they function in this universe. Yeah. Like we don't there's a maybe lot we of, should like, read Voyaging to other Vampires. Creatures, maybe we should. <laughs> By Gilderoy there's Lockhart. There's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of like d- stuff around vampires. Like they have a lot to them. Yeah. And I want to hear how J.K. Rowling would write them into the world. Yeah. Like they can't just have everything. That's true. Um, was Voyaging with Vampires Gilderoy Lockhart or was that Quirrell? No, that was... Lockhart, that's what I thought. Because didn't Quirrell write a book, too? <laughs> I think... No. no. He just went on an excursion in Albania to look... Right. Yeah, oh yeah, because he went to Albania looking for vampires, met Voldemort instead, and was like, man, I should have just stayed home. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably like, this is what I get for traveling. We'll, we'll probably get into it more later, but yeah, I don't think Quirrell was just a normal person yeah before. like he definitely had some darkness inside him yeah he must have i don't even know he i don't think he was a death eater though because we would people would have known oh, him i don't think he was no because people would have known him and would have been like why are you teaching defense against the dark arts you were literally a death eater so you know he can't have been that involved in the first like wizarding war with voldemort like i'm sure he kept a low profile so that like you know he would know when his time came to like do something and no one would suspect him Okay. The goblin stuff. That's oh, yeah, same. Know. Eh. Um. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Uh-oh. Okay, I, I need you, to, con- I need you okay. to explain this to me. Because I still because... don't know the answer, and I've been reading this for so long, and I'm constantly confused. What the hell is a stalagmite or a stalactite? Yeah, so that? let me just make sure, but I believe... So, stila- so obviously they're like the pointy thing, you know, um, that hang from caves. <laughs> so that's not helpful. Stila- yes, you know, like the. It's like I think it's like they're um. Okay, so stalactites hang from the ceiling of a cave, and stalagmites grow from the cave floor. A stalagmite is an upward-growing mound of mineral deposits that have precipitated from water dripping onto the floor of a cave. So it's water that has, like, grown upwards or grown (laughs) upwards or downwards that hangs or grow up from the floor or the ceiling of a cave. It's so out of place. But it's literally a cave. And I can tell that it was just some argument or some conversation that J.K. Rowling had with, like, one of her besties. And she's like, okay, I'll put it in the back just for fun. I guarantee there is not one 11-year-old out there who knew what that meant at all. No, I am not. I have literally been in a cave before. Like, I, you know, stalagmites, stalactites. I've been in How a do you cave not know too. what stalagmites or stalactites are? No. No. Everyone knew that. I no. knew that when I was 11. I will literally no bring my mother that. in here so that she can tell you. I'm so mad. I will literally no. do it. No. I refuse Come on. to like, believe it's just, you. It's not... you're, when you're in a cave and you do the cave tour, they literally tell you. They're like, this is a stalagmite. This is a stalactite. Do you think I was Why were you attention? in a cave tour if you crystals. weren't going to listen to the cave tour person? 
Why would I care about that? I'm here to look Including at the, the stalagmites and stalactites. I, I can't... Okay. <laughs> I cannot believe you didn't... How many times have you read the series? No, how many times? I don't know, a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I a ballpark know. number. Just... Probably at least in, like, the Are 20s. Are you serious? 20 times? Yeah. When did you read them for the yeah. first time? Um... Yeah, so did I. I mean, okay, I started in third grade, but halfway through the Chamber of Secrets, I lost the book, didn't find it for like another six months, and so I had to reread it, and then I finished the books in fourth grade. So it took me like over a year, but just because I lost the Chamber of Secrets for like a while. And it... But a lot of the times I never like even finished. I just yeah. like read the random I do that too, randomly. but I still finish the series. I cannot believe we're, <laughs> we're literally sophomores. And it has taken you until now, until we're literally feel, like recording our episode of a podcast to ask me what the difference between a stalagmite and a stalagmite. It wasn't even what's the difference. It was just what are they? <laughs> Listen, Harry didn't know either. I'm oh my God. with Harry. I'm with Harry. Sounds like, like a slogan or something for some sort of campaign. It's <laughs> like a movie. I'm with Harry. <laughs> I'm with Harry. So is... But it, no, that's definitely the name of a Harry Probably. Styles fan fiction. Is now the time to talk... Okay, we oh need to actually is now the track. Yep, I was going to say, is now the time to talk about Malfoy? Well, we've just finished arguing about stalagmites yes. and stalactites. We're all riled up now. Let's talk about Draco freaking Malfoy. <laughs> <laughs> Draco Malfoy. Okay, we meet and he's Draco already a complete a, a jerk. Meeting. Yes, he's okay. I I think he's both one of our least favorite characters. Of yeah, the no, I, I hate series. him. I hate him. He's literally he's like worse than Voldemort. And <laughs> he's at the very bottom of my list. And we can. Okay, I just need to make this clear. We can clearly see Draco was a horrible person and rude before Draco yes, knows who Harry thank even you. is. So the people that say Draco was only horrible because Harry didn't want to be no, friends literally. with him are ridiculous. No, he did not know who Harry was. He's like, what's your name? And then Madame Malkin like, came in and was doing something, so he never answered. And so he just... He was just he's, mean. And he's literally blood prejudiced literally, in this like, Already. It's just... He's such he's like, just a tiny, like, awful person. Like, I just... Harry literally tells him that my parents are dead, and she's like, and he's like, wait, yeah, but are they wizards? Because then he's I like, would actually. Oh well, care. you know, if they're dead muggles, then it's fine. At least there's like, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. We want them it's just, dead. Okay. So also, Draco. Draco says his mom is looking for yeah. wands. Excuse me. That's yeah. not how it works, and it's literally introduced in this chapter. I don't know what she was thinking writing that. But does this mean Draco never had a proper maybe, wand? Maybe, honestly. I think maybe, yeah. And I want this to be true. So all those people who are like, he had unicorn hair in his wand. So there was good in him. It was literally narcissistic. If anyone <laughs> in the Malfoy family maybe had a tiny shred of good in them, it was Narcissa. And she wasn't right. even a good person. Exactly. And she's still Yeah, she wasn't a good person. person. But if anyone in that family was going to have a teeny tiny shred of goodness in them, it was going to be her. 
Not Lucius, <laughs> the freaking coward. Like, not Malfoy, right. the wizard Nazi. Draco says that he will bully his father into exactly. getting something for him to clearly show that Draco is not a yeah, not in the slightest. father, at least in this book. It is not an abusive situation as people Yeah, I just, I cannot stand, I mean, okay, we want all of you to continue listening to our podcast. Like, you know, all of you are welcome here, but like, okay, Draco was not misunderstood. Maybe he, like, we don't know if, you know, his situation with Lucius turned abusive later. Like, we can't necessarily rule that out. Um, However, it wasn't a situation where he was, like, misunderstood. He was just always so awful, and he had absolutely every opportunity to, you know, redeem himself, and he did not. He just chose not to. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, Draco, like, he could have been nicer. Like, his mom wasn't even there to watch over him and Madame Malcolm's. Like, he could have, he could have been nice. (laughs) You know? Yeah. He had every opportunity. And I understand, like, children being a product of their environment. That's the same, you know, Dudley was a product of his environment. That's part of the reason why he was so awful. But he he had less of a chance than Malfoy to be nice to Harry because his parents made him be mean to him. Like, exactly. Draco, he could have picked the right side, but he just chose not to. And the people who say that he didn't know what he was doing was wrong are wrong because otherwise he wouldn't stop when teachers come around. Yeah, he like he's not he wasn't an idiot. Right. You know, he can he can't have been bullying Harry and been like, "Oh man, I didn't know that I was bullying him." Exactly. Like fat shaming Molly and like saying awful things about Lily, like didn't know that was wrong. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> you know, the kid wasn't an idiot. He was just awful, you know. <laughs> Thank God I don't have any more notes on Draco. But yeah, I can't stand the people who like call him like the boy who had no choice. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. <sighs> okay. Okay, moving on. So Hag- Yeah, no more talk about Draco. So Hagrid is actually very prejudiced to muggles, and I don't remember him being that way when I first read it. Because I thought, I oh, either. like Harry was like, when Harry asked about Draco saying people from Muggle family shouldn't be allowed into Hogwarts, Hagrid was like, no, there's nothing wrong with Muggles, they're just like us or something. But he kind of goes out of his way to not say that. He says that Harry isn't a Muggle, so basically he shouldn't have to worry about it. And that wizards from Muggle lines can be great. Can be great. And it feels wrong. It just, it doesn't sit right with me. I get that. I think he was probably sensing that Harry was worried that he wasn't going to be as good as everyone else because he was raised around muggles. He, you know, because Draco's, like, probably made him feel very insecure about his abilities as a wizard. So mm-hmm. he's probably thinking, like, what if, because I was raised with the Dursleys, I'm just going to suck and be embarrassed. Like, Harry's been embarrassed his entire life. Mm-hmm. So Hagrid is probably trying to make him feel better and, like, you know, <laughs> you're going to be fine. You're not a... Because, like, he's not a muggle. He's you know? not. He's not necessarily talking about muggle-borns. He's just saying, like, Harry, dude, you're a wizard. Like, it's going to be fine. Like, you're, you know, you're going to be okay. 
it, it just true, feels like, you know, weird because he they, there's a lot of mentions of just like him like going off of like how muggles are like stupid or whatever not just him either just many other people who we consider to be good people and i it's it's interesting that there's it's definitely a bunch of people who were raised by prejudice like ron definitely has that moment in yeah. gobble of fire where like the giant where they talk start talking about giants and we realize that ron clearly has some prejudices that he grew up with you know it's i think that's definitely because he was born in a wizarding family not necessarily that he's a pureblood but just because he was born in a wizarding family like Mm -hmm. you know giants were said to be super violent and like awful creatures and like they were very violent especially towards wizards because wizards were mean to them but exactly he didn't get that from his parents you know it's just, you know, it's directly because he was raised by wizards. And it's you know, not that, like, Molly have... or Arthur are bad people either. They were raised the same way. It's just no. a constant yeah, line exactly. of being uneducated. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, Molly and Arthur weren't the most educated people out there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if they hear a story about a giant killing a wizard, they're going to say, oh, wow, very violent. And they were violent towards each other, but they also didn't like magic, you know? Yeah. So that's why they would get scared and kill people. But um, Hagrid wasn't wrong for saying that wizards from muggle families can be great, because they can, mm-hmm. you know? Like, they we don't meet Hermione in the next couple of chapters. Yeah, you know, they so. absolutely can be, you know? I think, I think honestly... While he probably does have some sort of prejudice, I don't think that's what he was trying to say there. I think he was trying to make Harry feel better because at this point, Harry probably thinks he's basically a muggle, you know? Mm-hmm. He probably thinks, like, he was raised with the Jersey. <laughs> he's gonna suck. He's gonna <laughs> and then he, like, they're, like, trash-talking Hufflepuff and Slytherin. And he's like, I bet I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> like, no! <laughs> Harry! Harry doesn't know anything about the Hogwarts houses, though. Like, that's where I have to give him a break. You know, he knows nothing except Slytherin equals scary bad okay, wizard Hufflepuff. Like, talking Hufflepuff and Slytherin, too. He's like... People, yeah, that, people paint Hufflepuff, Hufflepuff as, like... Hufflepuff than Slytherin. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> but, um... You know, yeah, people paint Hufflepuff as, like, being, yeah, super, like, soft or whatever, just because they value, like, kindness and teamwork and whatever. Yeah, I don't think Cedric Diggory was not soft. I No. He wasn't Um, mean either. I feel like Cedric's kind of a weird character. We'll we'll not talk about him now, but we'll get there. Yeah, I I have some thoughts about Cedric. I still can't believe, like, it's really interesting to me, the amount of people who, like, write entire, like, stories or, like, have accounts about Cedric, and, like, oh my gosh, I love him, and, like, whatever, his character, I'm like, Cedric barely even said, like, three words, we know absolutely nothing about Cedric, like, I find that really interesting, and, like, I know that we're not getting to the point where we need to talk about Tom Riddle, but the amount of people with accounts, like, on TikTok dedicated to romanticizing Tom Riddle is literally insane, I was about to, like, swear right there. (laughs) It's absolutely ridiculous. Like, I just, you know, I'm not going to judge you. I mean, I am, but, like, not to your face. You know, anyone who's, like, in love with Tom... No, like, who says that they love Tom Riddle. I would just like to remind you that the Tom Riddle that you are talking about murdered his father and his grandparents when he was 16. Remember that next time you go to write a fanfic about him (laughs) and say that you want to marry him. He would probably just kill you. Like, what? The man was not capable of love, which is why he literally burned his hand when he tried to touch Harry in the first book. (laughs) Like, that's why he literally disintegrated, you know? (laughs) Like, 
I also that's love, it. That's all I have I to say. I, down, I don't trust people. One of my notes is just, you were right. Lily's wand is for charms and James is for transfiguration. I told you. Uh, no. Lily's absolutely James more charms James seems like a charms person to me. I don't know why. No, he does not. I think, I don't know. Lily just seems very much more like a charms person than Jane. James. I almost said Jane. Well, Lily <laughs> isn't James. a charms person. She's a potions person. Well, she can't. You know, she can have more than one thing. No, you know? but that's, like, her main thing, you know? I guess, that's but That's why Snape more... and her, like, got along. <laughs> you do more charms-related things in potions and transfigure it. You don't transfigure your potions. You have to do spells, which is... I could charms. see that happening. Transfigure your Transfiguring potion. Transfiguring a potion? Yeah. <laughs> that's not how that works. I don't think you can transfigure liquid. Actually, I feel like James would, like, transfigure his potion to look, like, look different so that he'd get a better score. <laughs> uh, I feel like it makes more sense that James, James is more of, like, a transfiguration person because he was, like, I feel like that kind of almost makes us wonder if, you know, now if we really looked into that. You know, he is an animagus, so that's kind of, like, related. Because right. McGonagall taught Transfiguration. She's I didn't an even think about that. So it makes and more I feel, sense I've to always me. seen, like, the Marauders having a close relationship with McGonagall in, like, a teacher-student kind of way. Not yeah, like except they for were... Peter Pettigrew, because McGonagall said that she was really, like, harsh with him and that she, like, regretted that after he <laughs> faked his own death. <laughs> that's... <laughs> She she was doing the right thing and she didn't even know. See, McGonagall can do no wrong. <laughs> I love McGonagall. I saw someone online. Um, I'm talking way too much about TikTok, but someone said like, "Well, if you're gonna hate Snape, then McGonagall was just as bad." I'm like, I'm sorry. When did McGonagall make fun huh? of Neville so badly that she became his boggart? Like, who? No one's boggart was Professor McGonagall. Yeah. No one's. Like, <laughs> no one. Professor Snape was actually, probably that would be actually. Hermione. <laughs> oh, well, no, it wasn't necessarily McGonagall. It was being, it was like yeah. failing. So it had to be one of the teachers telling her that she was failing. So it wasn't, I don't think, about mm-hmm. McGonagall specifically. I feel like it's, but I feel like it was McGonagall because, but not because she's scared of her, but because that's the teacher she likes the most in and her was, to be the yeah. one to be judgmental of her. And to be the one that told her, told her that she failed. Yeah. But um, I just, oh God, yeah. I, I mean, if you guys can't tell already, we're um, we're not very sensitive to Malfoy or Snape. No. <laughs> not very sympathetic. We literally have it at the beginning of our podcast I, every single time. Yeah. I okay. I would say I'll say one thing. Like we haven't really gotten into Snape yet, and we don't need to like right now. But I will say that I am not necessarily sympathetic towards Snape. Like I pity him more than anything. Yeah. Like, I I feel more sympathy towards Snape than Malfoy. Yes. I mean, it's the same thing. I pity him and Half-Blood Prince, like, a little bit. Yeah, a tiny, <laughs> tiny, tiny, tiny bit. But, like, Snape, yeah. I absolutely pity, like, a lot. I feel a lot of, like, I feel bad for him. Like, his life is just really sad. You know? It's just, I'm not necessarily, yeah. I don't excuse his actions. Like, when we learn about his backstory, that's, like, an explanation, not an excuse. Yeah. Exactly. I, and I feel like that wasn't supposed to be... No, I think it was supposed to be JK's intention. I think when she first wrote it, it wasn't that way. But then she slowly wanted it to be that way. Otherwise, Harry would have named his child after him. I This is really unpopular, and we probably won't go into depth about this till later, but I really don't think it's that ridiculous that Harry named his son Severus. 
Oh God. Okay. We should save that. Yeah, we'll um, save it. But I just, I'm one of those people that does not hate it. Like I just, I don't think like people mm. online will literally like rename Harry's kids. I'm like, it is literally none yeah. of your business what he wanted to name his kids. Like what? No, it is. <laughs> I just, we went with him for seven years of his life. We know him better than he does. <laughs> yeah, I I don't hate it, actually. Like, I don't really mind that he named his kids Everest. I don't think it's that crazy, honestly. Oh, my God. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait, so, I have I have a note about, about okay. Harry's wand. Okay, so, you know, this is obviously the introduction of the twin cores. Um, I love that it's Fox, mm. too. That's, like, my favorite part of, like... I love that. Um, but anyway. I don't know. It's a little too, like... Yeah, I know. I don't, but it's, it's... I wonder... Like, wow. I know? wonder <laughs> if... I wonder if Dumbledore, like, knew... Well, yeah, he had... I, I know that he knew it was Fox, but I wonder, like, when he got Fox. You know? After... Yeah. Like, like when My was it? My question was, why would Dumbledore just be like, Hey, Ollivander... I have some feathers for you. Uh, here's two. No, I don't think that's what it was. I don't, because, you know, they would go and find these animals and take the core, you know, from them. You know, I think that Fox is like, I don't know, in the wild or something. I don't think Dumbledore personally no, gave it to I him. No, I don't think. I don't think Dumbledore personally gave it to him, because that doesn't make any sense. Because usually you were only able to take one feather. But for some reason, this bird gave two. So I don't think Dumbledore personally took the feathers off of Fox and was like, here you go. Like... <laughs> I think so. I don't think I've so. I've always imagined that. I, I feel like Dumbledore ridiculous. would do that. <laughs> I don't think he would. That's something that, Dumbledore would That doesn't pull. make any sense. Like, Dumbledore starting literally this entire problem. Like, yeah. I don't think <laughs> he so. He starts honestly. every problem. Oh my God. How is that? I just, I think that's really far fetched. I mean, I know that we're literally talking about Harry oh, Potter, okay. but I, <laughs> I don't think that makes any sense. So, my note on this scene was that I actually prefer the movie version of this scene. Wow, never and thought I'd hear you say I, that. This is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's very rare. I don't, you're not going to hear oh me God. say that many times. But I just, it's cool that Ollivander, like, knows that Harry, it's not for Harry before he even tries it. But it just seems more fitting for Harry to try it out and then something horrible happens. Yeah. It's just, like, a fun scene, like knocking you know? all of the wands off the shelf and... <laughs> And see, like, it's, because it, and it gave that opportunity for them to, like, do the wand ceremony in the parks, which is just incredible. Yeah. I got chosen once. Um, <laughs> Wait, I what do you mean? actually, <laughs> I got chosen. Oh, okay. And, um, so it's very fun because, you know, you do the whole thing from the movie. And then afterwards, um, like, three people come up to you and they're like hey remember how harry had to pay for his wand you have to pay for yours too oh my god it's 50 dollars no oh my god that's ridiculous I remember I was at, yeah. um, I went, I went and to I Universal. I already Luna's wand, so my mom was like, you don't need another wand. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I went to Universal, I went to, in Florida, and, um, <laughs> there was this, like, place, like, if you had a wand, you could, like, walk by, and they would have you, like, pointed right. at something, and then, like, the- They like, have those everywhere. Yeah, like, something cool. would happen. I think this one was, like, water would, like, fall from, I don't know, it was something, and I, 
Oh, I yes, was like I so sure because you know, like you had to point your wand at it, and they would like move you around so like you would hit the like point at the exact space. And it like I was so sure that I was gonna like walk up there and it would just do it first try, and I was gonna like feel so good about myself. It took like six tries for me to actually like point at the right place, and I was like really embarrassed. I was like, this and is you literally have to. Literally you literally have home. to pay. You have to pay extra to get a wand that works. Yes. Yeah, I only went to Universal like once. I went in Florida. I was like, how old was I? I was like, it was before I moved out here. So I was probably like 10, 9, something like that. Yeah. They've added that new Hagrid ride. I'm interested. I saw like a point of view video of it. I don't remember anything about it, but. Okay, so Hagrid, Hagrid. So Harry gets his ticket, and he's on the train, and he they leave Hagrid. Yay. Yeah, I that's think the end of the chapter. <laughs> that part of the movie is so funny when he's like, "Wait, platform nine and three quarters? What is this?" And Hagrid's already gone. It makes no sense. <laughs> it's so I funny. I hate that in the movie. I hate it. I just always thought it was so funny. funny. Like he just didn't tell him, and he just left. But also. Like, it makes no sense for Hagrid to literally pick him up the day he's going to Hogwarts. I mean, like, he yeah. learned all of that in a 24-hour period. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to... I would not be able to, like, breathe. Yeah. Harry was probably like, I'm just waiting for someone to, like, pop out of the bushes with a camera and, like, point at the other camera and tell me <laughs> that I'm on a TV show. <laughs> It's like, have you, oh my gosh, have you seen the video, like, I'm sure there's multiple of just, like, that kid who dressed up as Harry and got his cart and is walking around platform, like, King's Cross. He's walking around King's Cross and just asking people where's platform three quarters. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, no, I haven't And they're seen all like, thing. wow! Oh and then God. some people have no idea what they're <laughs> he's talking about. Oh my gosh. That's so funny, though. <laughs> I mean... We'll we'll get to that next chapter. So yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. One. Um. I'm so eager to talk about the houses. Like I'm just. I have so <laughs> so many notes on that. I just yeah. Just to like whoever's oh listening God. right now, like roping you back in for the next one. I have a right. lot of notes <laughs> about the sorting ceremony. More. You have to hear all of her notes on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd also like to thank the, um, let's see, 25 of you that have downloaded the first episode of our podcast. We really appreciate it. Yeah, 25. That's like half of 50. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) Oh, this time we will link the Harry Potter name generator. Yes. Oh my gosh. I forgot last time. Have some fun with it. I'm going to... Rue that day. <laughs> okay, well, thank you everyone for tuning in again for the second episode yeah. of Ron and Hermione minus the romance. Um, and we will next time. S- yeah. next time it really starts. We haven't got to Hogwarts yet. Yeah, but, next time. But next time. Okay, well, thank you everyone, and we'll we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Music. Music. <laughs> 
Ron and Hermione minus the romance now has Instagram. What? Instagram lets us have long names, so we are at Ron and Hermione minus the romance. So, I guess you can follow us there if you want. We haven't posted anything yet, but I'm sure we will in the future. And we'll see you guys next week for a new episode. Yay. It's gonna get good. <laughs> I'm sure it's already good, but I... Listen, you're watching. You're listening. So it has to be a little good, you know? Oh, I don't know. Ah.